You're back in the rah-rah room with OG Willikers, a.k.a. Zach Maloof. Episode 8. This week, we're featuring Santa Fe artist, musician, and record label owner Eliza Lutz. Known for her work in As In We, Grey Gardens, Future Scars, as well as running the show over at Matron Records here in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Her drive and ambition is a true inspiration to all DIY people out there, no matter what you do. If you want it, go get it. Quick shout out to Ben Durfee, Gunner Lyon, and Augustine Ortiz at Decibel Foundry Studio. All right, let's jump in. Hi, how are you doing? Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming. Appreciate having you here today. Yeah, it's nice to be back in the studio after, what did we say, 10 years? Might have been 10 years ago that we <laughs> did that first project in the Raw Raw Room. Yeah, that's awesome. That was one of your earliest recordings, maybe. Yeah, it? I think so. Yeah, I was maybe like 16, recording a cover wagon wheel that um, haunts me to this day in the best way. <laughs> it's a great song. My- if my drum beat wasn't on there, it would have been a little <laughs> bit better. But No, it's okay. That song got me to go play weddings in other states because people wanted me to come play it. There we go. Random right. YouTube fame. Um, Rich history in the Ra Ra Room with a lot of local artists. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks for having me. Um, I am Eliza Letts, and I just started a record label here in Santa Fe about a year ago, a little over a year ago. Um, and... Uh, through that have been dedicated to helping artists tell their stories and um, and very rooted in a history like you of, of DIY art through growing up at Warehouse 21 and, and the DIY scene in Santa Fe, um, which definitely uh, taught me to silkscreen, taught me to book shows, taught me to be in bands, taught me to how to book my own tour, all of those things kind of came together and... Uh, wanted to help other artists to do that and kind of help boost the Santa Fe scene by bringing some of our local artists together. Um, so that's kind of what I've been up to the last year. Just busy, busy, busy. Yeah, <laughs> lots of work. Well, we see you even in the hip-hop community here locally. Every, <laughs> we, we know that you're making big moves for everybody. So that's yeah, likewise. representing our state and our people. That's so good. Um, yeah, so... Let's see, what, do we want to talk about your past a little bit? Sure, you sure. Know, some of these listeners may not know um, where you come from, or at least some of the things you're known for. Right, right, um, right. Um, I guess, uh, well, I, I was raised in Santa Fe, um, like I said, growing up very much um, at Warehouse 21. I was a little bit more on the punk rock side of things, I'd say that big mohawk and liberty spikes and all of that listening Good old to, days. yeah exactly listen <laughs> until the the crust punk and and whatnot and kind of segued into the metal world a little bit through that and post rock and math rock and um have always been playing in bands and and touring since about age 16 or so it's sort of been my life focus is making music um but through needing to be more uh, autonomous, uh, both in how I'm promoting myself as an artist and various bands and, and financially autonomous to how, you know, the starving artist mentality, you know, how to break free from that. And, um, uh, so got really into the DIY aspect of, Hey, like, let me be more informed about copyright law or let me, you know, be more tax savvy, all these things that I think most of my DIY musician friends are like, 
ew, why would you do that? That's not DIY. And I'm like, come That's on. That's not punk rock. That is punk rock. Are you <laughs> kidding? Getting a bigger tax return so I can, you know, put it into making an album. Like, that's 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 punk as fuck. But, yeah, all right. <laughs> um, so I think, I think everything leading up to starting the label has been a lot of um, do-it-yourself in the sense of, of learning not only how to uh, make the art itself work, but... Um, how to um, run a successful Kickstarter campaign. Um, and that's be... how you got going? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, that was what we did for um, my, my old project, As and We, like oh, a okay. post-rock band. Yeah, not for not for the label, but... Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. No, no, that's fine. I mean, we did that in 2012, 2013. Ran it kind of over the cross of the year. and um, That was great. That was our first time really wanting to go record out of state. And, you know, our choice to Oregon. do... Yeah, right. Yeah. We did Portland um, at Interlace Audio uh, with a great engineer there called Stefan Hawks. And choosing to do the Kickstarter pa- uh, campaign, I think a lot of people have different opinions about crowdsourcing, especially when it comes to the DIY kind of community. But I think sometimes people have this idea that it's really easy, or that it's really easy money, and like you just ask people for a handout, basically, and then you get to do your art. Um, and I think you can try to run it that way. Um, a, you probably won't be very successful in actually raising the capital you need um, to get your money. Um, but B, also, I think you're missing like the the greater benefit of doing something like a crowdsourcing campaign. For us, it very much taught us. Um, how invested our fans were in us and therefore how invested we had to be in our fans and our follow through and keeping contact with our fans and how much we gave into that project. And and likewise, it taught me a lot about, oh, now I have to file, you know, um, to pay sales tax in every single county in New Mexico that we received money from or all these things that I think people often overlook. And, and I did get a lot of flack from you, my bandmates sometimes saying like, that's over kill but I guess I felt like it was a good learning experience to um, get all our ducks in a row you know we've formed an LLC where you know have our our company debit card where we're keeping track of all our gas receipts on the way to Portland and it really forced us to be um, super mindful about all aspects of how we make music not just when we're in our practice space um, so that I think that was probably a pretty big turning point in terms of how I looked at being a musician um, as being a business and and how I look at all of my bands now and and likewise my label and, and helping other bands or solo artists to see that as well and and see that they can benefit a lot from you know having to go through some of the nitty-gritty of of being a business as well as an artist that's it's so I'm so impressed by you honestly. <laughs> you know being a DIY artist and knowing so many that's the one thing that's missing from so many talented right. people I've known my whole life. It's like, why hasn't this person made it? You think you'll hear someone's song and think, oh, why, why aren't they famous? Right. You know, especially as a listener, fans who don't know what it's like to be an artist, it's not just being good that's going to make you. Right. I say famous, but successful. Every musician does it for right. a different reason. But to to reach a community or or the world, or what you know, whatever you're going for. You, you, it's not just about your skill. It's about or your your talent as an artist. You right. have you have to do the right, the, right. Do your taxes, and it you shows to, <laughs> that you take it seriously, and that it it is a career for you, and that no matter what 
your feelings are about, you know, business in an official sense. Um, you know, you're, if you're writing songs, you're creating um, intellectual property, and you should understand at least the basics of what that means so you can protect yourself. So say if you did get picked up by a bigger label, you know, you're not going to be in a position where you're going to get taken advantage of. And, and likewise, I think anyone um, in the industry that talks with you about your music that sees that you take those things seriously um, will will uh, appreciate that and, and take you more seriously and your music more seriously because it's not just a hobby for you. You're really putting in the work to understand the things that maybe don't even come easy to you because um, I don't think anyone enjoys the act of <laughs> filing your taxes or saving your receipts or tracking your mileage. But, you know, in the end, um, as most of us DIY musicians who work day jobs or, or in the in, you know the service industry, um, we can end up, you know, working the system to our advantage to make more art. And I think that's what everyone wants to do in the end <laughs> is make more art. <laughs> so what it comes down to, it's like even running this studio, it's like I have to I get my clients, but I also have to work in a bar and, you yeah. know, do that. That's where the majority of my money comes in. And I funnel a lot, a lot of that into the, my passion, you right, know, right. doing all this stuff. And, uh, you know, it's it's there's it's it's hard work you know yeah, and, definitely. and and to be able to make your music pay your bills or to be able to you know it's not like a lot of rappers when they're young or, or i say rappers that's who i hang out with most of the time right. these days but a lot of musicians when they're young they want to be rock stars they have these ideas of you know fame and money but then you get a little older and if the ones that you look around to and and see they're still in it they're not doing it that as much i think like a right. little bit older you get you see the those people kind of don't right. stick around that you see the really like the lifers right. are still here um and we're not looking for millions i think we just want to be able to live our lives comfortably and make the art without having to sacrifice you know make art without sacrificing the art or by right. saying oh i right, can't right, afford right. to right do that i can't afford that microphone or or you know just whatever it is if you can make right. it pay you then that is you're winning you've, totally. you've made it to me that's success that's yeah. you've made it yeah and it's it's a tricky fight and i think that there's a lot of different ways to go about it and that's definitely where my passion lies is is helping um, artists not only put out their own music and 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 understand you know their their rights as as artists and creators but but to help them better, you know, create this financial autonomy that, you know, we're not taught in school, even if we hold normal jobs, you know, and, and aren't dedicating all of our um, hard-earned money to, to um, unpaid artistic endeavors. But there's still things that we can do to get to get more return <laughs> from from the things that um, we do for, for love. Um, and so I, I think that that um, that's sort of like an odd reason, I guess, to start a record label, but it's definitely my passion. I mean, just uh, yesterday I met with a friend um, who's actually a filmmaker to work on, you know, helping him understand the ins and outs of like, what does it mean to be an employee versus an independent contractor versus owning your own LLC and how that's going to protect you um, on these different projects that you create and helped him create an LLC and then get his EIN, um, federal tax ID number, um, walked him through what it means to um, pay gross receipts tax in in the state. Um, all these things that really aren't 
so inaccessible. And any business owner will tell you, you know, I mean, it's not fun stuff, but you have to do it. But I think there's that level, particularly with artists, where it feels unattainable. Um, and there's not a lot of resources, I guess, out there to make it simple. So I want to be that person that's like, no, let's do this. We're going to make it fun. By the end of this, I'm going to have you like questioning the next time you buy anything, like which card you're using and if you're saving that receipt and what is, is it an expense? Is it going to be deductible from which LLC, from which project that you're doing so that you get more money back on your tax return if you're, you know, um, working a day job um, so that you pay fewer taxes as an independent contractor. Um, it's surprising to me how many people fall into these traps um, that are totally avoidable. I mean, I think it's also common with friends of mine. I have so many friends, including my brother, who work as you know audio engineers, um, which is an industry where quite typically you're an independent contractor, and a lot of people fall into that kind of work and think, oh, I'm making more money, but they don't realize that they're liable for more taxes on that money and and get you know. So I I don't know. I think there's there's that level of inaccessibility, I guess, to access the skills and the information necessary to make the industry work for you. Um, so uh, I'm always trying to <laughs> illuminate people to those tricks, I guess. That's awesome. Like uh, I've said before, that ev everybody has their role in their scene. Right. And you're, well, it's interesting that you're, the name of your record label is Matron Records, because you're like kind of like taking people under your wing and saying, no, 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 this is what we need to do. Just getting on people's totally. case. Like, what are you doing using that card? <laughs> oh, save that receipt. And it's actually personally kind of amusing. I don't want to say amusing, but uh, it relates to me because my mother is an accountant. Oh, okay. And she helps me out quite a bit, especially with my music business Good. stuff Good. and takes care of me. But she's always scolding me about... You know, just having uh, how much money did you make? We, we got your CRS report is due. In fact, today is the day it was due, and <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. right before this. My mom's like, I was telling her, oh, I got all this stuff going on today. I'm busy. She's like, Yeah, well, how much money did you make? Remember? And, and I've been like, oh. I told her the day before, Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow because I've been put it off. Put it off. Yeah. So, so I, I feel like you should. Yeah. You, I could be you scolded got. by you too. You know. Totally. Totally. And I'm very lucky. Yeah, to have that help. Yeah. If only every artist had an accountant, mother or father. I know. Yeah, yeah. Shout <laughs> to out to mom. Straight. Yeah, no, you that's... helped me out a lot. That's great. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you totally can appreciate the value of, of, you know, it's not fun, but, you know, if you keep things straight, it, it is helpful in the end. And come on, today, in today's age, like, there's apps for everything, like, that help you track all of that stuff. So there's, in my mind, no excuse. Like, it's not as hard. So I've got the old filing cabinet, big red filing cabinet. I just toss my receipts there. Yeah, go through them at the end of the <laughs> year. Dig them out, yeah. And be angry for a month. Getting better. Getting better <laughs> about it. But, yeah, I'm one of those artists that you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, cool. Well, you know, I want to kind of also point out that we're talking about all this business end. You still find time to be an artist. That's true. And that's impressive, you know, when you to, to do both is really hard to juggle. And it's a balancing act that you have to do almost perfectly to succeed. But you're putting out tracks all the time. I was just at your CD release party. Yeah. What was a that? A couple months ago. Two months ago now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been a really successful first year in terms of putting out music. Um, I definitely, beyond wanting to help artists with the things we were just talking about, um, 
I have always played, as you can well imagine, the more um, business person in all of my bands, uh, the organizer. Um, and I kind of felt that as, you know, I was in different bands, different bands dissolved, new bands formed that I was personally involved with, that it made more sense to have like an external entity to kind of help um, with that. Um, and that said, I think it frees me up to do more of the art side um, within my bands because it, there, it's not feeling ever maybe unequal in some ways because it's like my business entity handles that stuff rather than me as a band member. So when I go to practice, I'm able to just, you know, be a musician or when I'm working on merchandise, like I can just be an artist, um, just think about graphic design or, or printmaking or what have you. So you just um, put your infrastructure in place. Totally. And then you don't have to start a new email address for every little Right, exactly. Oh, well, this band changed, so we have to get a new... Exactly. And then you switch over your contact. You know, those little nitty-gritty things. Yeah, that, which they add up. And yeah. it's like everything's one website. Um, you know, for most of my bands, the money's funneling in through the label, and then the royalties go to the band, so it's just a lot less record-keeping, what have you, for my personal projects, um, let alone... Um, handling some of that for other artists that they, you know, don't want to keep up with inventory and, and all this tracking and whatnot. Um, but that said, yeah, we put out um, some really great music this year. Uh, the first release was with a project of mine. I started with another local musician, Miranda Scott, um, in the beginning of 2014. Um, and we linked up with one of my favorite musicians in town, Luke Carr. Um, he plays drums with us, but he's also an amazing uh, vocalist and guitar player, multi-instrumentalist. Um, he fronts the band Storming the Beaches with logos in hand. Mm, okay. um, yeah, and they, they put out a record, I guess, two years ago now. Um, and we put out uh, our first record on Matron, um, which was the first release, and, and that was a really fun um, way to be able to learn the ways in which I really wanted to handle a release and, and start to perfect that process. You know, guinea pig myself was a little bit safer. Um, and that was great. We were able to make three music videos, um, did three singles that we released with three different shows. Uh, Very clever um, packaging, too. Definitely, thank you. Definitely mentioned the, that part. <laughs> yeah, we did. So that's, you know, on, in terms of the artistic side of DIY, that's a huge passion of mine is really thinking outside of the box and in my mind you know music is practically free um, these days and the way people listen to music has changed you know the switch to digital music and you know streaming I don't think I have to talk to anyone about <laughs> how that's just sort of the future but people still really want to support musicians and I think that giving them a more I guess authentic um, interesting um kind of more niche kind of way to uh, engage with you, like uh, odd merchandise is is the way to go. So with the three singles we released for Grey Gardens, we actually uh, printed the download code on the back of screen printed uh, uh, seed packs that had different flowers. Um, the idea was the album was going to release in September, but we released the first single in March of last year. So as we kind of released these singles and we released these different uh, flowers. Um, we did sunflowers for one, um, hollyhocks, and then moonflowers or night blooming morning glories um, that you could grow your garden, you know, great gardens waiting in anticipation. And so then it was, clever. That's it was so great. Awesome. I, I mean, it was that. engaging because people could send us photos of their flowers.
flowers blooming over the summer. They're like, look, my sunflowers popped up. And Hashtag Grey Gardens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like they're doing the, you know, they're assisting you with the promotion. And, and, and more importantly, like you're more engaged in this like really special way with your audience that is more than like handing out a download card. And um, it's sim- the symbology, you know, it's, totally. it's just, you know, it's just. And it's awesome. just a special I, I can't say anything else besides how cool thing. it is. And people are definitely going to remember when you're, you know, like we were playing a uh, bandstand over the summer and we're just handing out it's the, the basket of all these hand-printed uh, flower seed packs um, and just handing them out to people like, what is this? And you're like, here, yeah, like there's music inside, but also there's flower seeds, so go go plant them. I'm like, huh, like that sticks with people, which is, you know, a good. you got to be a good marketer as an artist. And then those matchbooks, those matchbooks Yeah, we did, that was for future Maybe we're stars. jumping ahead, but... Oh yeah, so Talking I'm about your cool merch. <laughs> yeah, I think the other thing I have here for the Great Gardens was um, each song uh, was named after a different uh, textile. So I have um, what's called synesthesia. I don't know if you heard of that, but it's where your senses are kind of crossed. Um, more commonly, you hear about it with like color and sound specifically. So sometimes people will have perfect pitch because they um, hear the colors. Um, oh, yes, yes, yeah. yes, I know um, about this. Mine has more of a crossing with, like, color and texture. It's, like, very tactile. Uh, so we kind of created um, songs and then and thought about the, the textures that best represented that. And so and we did a cassette tape to be a little odd. And then we also did a fabric swatch ring. So I've got one here. And you can oh, see man. that each card has the fabric of the songs. We have Seersucker, Houndstooth, Chiffon, Brocade, um, you know, Sequin, it goes on and on. And the, the thought was, is I don't know if you remember as a kid, Pat the Bunny books, you know, you feel the, like there's a picture of a bunny and there's like a piece of like furry fabric on it. So you can feel the bunny and then it's like a duck and it has this feathery part and it's it's a total various young child's book i'd enjoy that book now i bet that's well nice. so this is like yeah. kind of the equivalent <laughs> so we wanted to make something that made people kind of get a window into like my experience of the music but also was this really fun like literally you follow along and feel along with and, and did you hand make record. every one of those yeah we did we did um a hundred and this is yeah, wow. this is the last one we, i it was amazing to me that I thought people would think it was interesting. I wasn't anticipating it to be as uh, uh, popular as it was in terms of selling out before all the other types of music. Wow, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> pretty cool. cool. Yeah, I'm going to have a look. Um, and then, yeah, with, with uh, Future Scarge, which was the release that followed in November, um, we did the poster that you have, which is a silkscreened poster, and the CD is... Um, is packaged directly onto the poster so if you can imagine those um little plastic buttons that sit inside of a jewel case that keep the cd affixed to the jewel case you can buy those separately and stick them on anything so the cd is just part of the poster printed like the poster got it never had to describe that without (laughs) looking at it it's kind of weird yeah it's yeah just like i feel like we're describing feeling fabric right now that's true well if you want to take a look (laughs) at pictures of anything pictures and post them on the page too matronrecords.com if you're like what are you talking about um and then we did you know i always find it important especially um starting out and future scars has only been a band for about a year and a half but um 
with our with our first release, you know, we wanted to have something easy, cheap for us to give out for free and hand out our, our EP for free. Um, not necessarily all the time, but, you know, if you ever worked a merch booth, it's nice to have something that's easy to give away your music to people who really want it. So we printed uh, the album artwork on matchbooks and it's album artwork of kind of a decrepit house so it kind of felt like burn it down <laughs> and the yeah, download I, I, like, I know there's more <laughs> more symbolism to this but why not who doesn't want a matchbook right I mean, people mm, always need a light it's practical they're gonna like see our album art every time they smoke for the next week or so and it's also like <laughs> you saying like check out this album it's fire oh that's true yeah it's it's on fire it's so on fire. We printed it on Matchbooks. That's pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah, that's pretty. Your album not smells subtle. like sulfur. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, that's great. Yeah, I, I saw that, and I was, like, part of me was I was very impressed, but there's like a little part of me that was like jealous. Like, why didn't I think of that? That would be perfect. That's like the best idea. I'm happy to help you think of all the weird ways that you could make clever. <laughs> then merch. that got my ideas rolling. So, that's good. That's so good. So it was an inspiration. Yeah. Oh, but man, I was I like, love dang, it. wish I thought of that. <laughs> and it's so fun to talk with. I mean, I, I, in my bands, like that I'm personally in, it's so easy to just, um, you know, all my bandmates just let me <laughs> run wild with the merch ideas and they're like, Oh, you want to print a poster with the CD? Like, what are you talking about? And then you know, then like, okay, it looks good. It always looks good in the end, even if it sounds ridiculous. And you and you drew that, right? That's I did. that's your art as well. Yeah, so. at times I I am able to dabble in some illustration when I have time. No, it's it's impressive. I've actually taken a long look at it and wondered who made it, and then I think it says on the back. I finally turned it oh, around in yeah. line, <laughs> but I was pretty impressed to see that. And what about the the typography there? That's me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh. a, a big part of how the label functions is um, in terms of a, a financial standpoint is I do a lot of graphic design, um, illustration and um, just different different kinds of design and, and marketing work for, for local businesses um, and individual clients and artists that aren't on the label. Um, but that we function as I mean, I say we, it's my we entity, but it's it's just me at the label at the moment. You're um, the only employee. I'm the only employee. Um, that it, it functions as, as a kind of a, a design um, a design agency as well, um, which is nice because that's a that's kind of a fun way to, to work with artists before actually releasing something with them is kind of do some work. You know, I love designing logos. Um, that's a big passion of mine. I've gotten to work with a lot of local artists doing that, which is a blast. That's great. Um, but even just to be able to work with um, like the the third release that we did last year and the first year was with a, um, a solo artist uh, named Sirens that joined the label in November. And um, she released this amazing split with another artist called Slow Proteo uh, called Mountain Music. And with that, I mean, she, um, you know, is a filmmaker and um, also um, an illustrator in her own right. And so with that, like, I don't want to draw for that. Like, I want to, you know, help her figure out, you know, what is the art for this. And so with that, I enjoyed doing a lot of layout. So kind of helping her plan out like, OK, that's really nice. 
Yeah, so we did like this, um, you know, she wanted to do something that didn't really involve plastic with the CD outside of the CD itself and do something kind of creative. And so we did this screen printed patch that folds up um, kind of origami style to be the wrapping for the CD and it matches the CD itself, which is cool. Oh, wow. And then there's an inside insert with all of her lyrics. And so she did these really cool um icons um graphics and i helped her with the layout using her photography so it was fun to be like okay you create all the content and i'm going to help you like design it really well so that it fits and have that vision for like how it's all going to come together into a product but you know it's totally driven by her um you know her design ideas as well and so to work on things collaboratively like that is the best i mean that's that's i almost enjoy that more than creating the art itself um same thing with the gray garden singles working with miranda who's also a great illustrator to be like hey like this idea for doing um, these kind of female busts to represent each kind of character of each flower. And then she was able to do some great illustrations that fit right on to each screen printed seed pack. And so, you know, working with... That's great. That's so... That's the community, the, exactly, the working together. Exactly. I mean, that's really what it's about. And um, the best part, I think, of starting the label is just having that base to be able to reach out and collaborate with filmmakers to do incredible music videos and other uh, studios and audio engineers and graphic designers and photographers and and writers. I mean, my neighbor, Bucket Seiler, is an amazing writer and has a business where she helps people edit their stories and... Um, if, if there's one thing I've learned, it's don't write a biography about yourself or your own band. So I, I've gotten to, you know, uh, pay her to write great bios for, for use for that. And it's just that that kind of community, being able to support each other and, and support each other's artistic businesses as well. Uh, it's the best part. <laughs> well, that's one phrase that we've been throwing around with our crew quite a bit. Uh, in fact, we even printed it on our mixtape here. Um it's not DIY. It's oh, yeah. Do it together. DIT. DIT. You know, that's, that's kind of the thing, like the next step. Do it yourself, build your skills, and then share them with your community. And if we all do that. Totally. Success for everyone, you know? We go to each other's shows. We I'll mix your track, you draw me a logo, you know? What, right, what, right, right. That stuff. That and it's so, it's, we started this just a few months ago, and it's really just amazing the stuff that's happened for right. us just by kind of just putting ourselves on the same page right, you know, right. with our crew so it's cool so it's great to talk to you um and i hope i hope uoc collective people are listening because this woman is speaking knowledge <laughs> um yeah but you know what we've been speaking a lot about visual stuff that's true so maybe it's time to put a little music okay. into the people's ears um, so I'll let you introduce the song. Yeah, okay. Well, maybe we can play the first single that we released off of Matron Records, which was off of the album uh, Interwoven by Grey Gardens. Um, that was the kind of tactile fabric-themed album. Um, we released it in March with the music video done by my good friend Consi Althouse. Um, what up, Consi? Yeah, you can find that one um, on uh, the Matron Records website and YouTube page, and it is called Seersucker. Tell me how is it wrong to say goodbye 
That was Seer Sucker from Grey Gardens, uh, released on Matron Records, my label. Um, last year, um, <clears throat> the single came out in March, and we released the full album, Interwoven, in September. Um, and I guess we wanted to talk a little bit um, about some of the projects coming up in 2017, since pretty did a pretty good rundown of 2016, at least uh, all the merch that was made and all the receipts that were saved. <laughs> <laughs> So um, what's 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 next? Well, um, I've had the uh, great pleasure of collaborating with another really great local artist, uh, Caitlin Brothers. I'm not sure if you've heard of her. Um, she graduated from um, Santa Fe University of Art and Design and uh, is also a member of Storming the Beaches with Logos in Hand. Um, and uh, I was able to sign her last year. Um, her project, her personal solo project, is called Poacher Poacher, which is uh, she sings and plays uh, both harp and banjo, and it's incredible. Very, very, very um, impassioned, uh, unique songwriting, um, and just like heart wrenching, heart wrenching vocals. She's just she's got some lungs on her. You thought that my voice was loud. You should hear Caitlin Brothers sing. You sold me. I can't wait to hear this. Like, <laughs> I don't even know what to think, but I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> it's going to be great. Yeah, we um, recorded in, um, let's see, uh, October last year. Um, had the great pleasure of working with some new and some old faces. Uh, got to work with my brother, um, Dave uh, Bad Stubner, who's an engineer in town. Yeah, yeah. Love Dave. Um, as well as a couple of uh, Safwad students, uh, Nicholas and Tessa, um, who are incredible engineers in their own right and, and musicians as well. And then what was really exciting is uh, we got to do something kind of unique. So when I was talking with Caitlin, and again, this was kind of more from a collaborative production standpoint as opposed to just the merchandising side um, with, with uh, Sirens, but... You know, she wanted to record, for she told me, I want to record in a church um, or just some place that just sounds, you know, huge and also is, you know, beautiful for solo vocals. And these sort of set of songs that she wrote was really um, uh, very eth etheric and, and would, would fit a very um, kind of uh, open, um, lush kind of space like that. Uh, so we, we threw some ideas around. I was looking at some churches, and then I was like, what if we did um, the uh, uh, Dwan Light Sanctuary up at the United World College, which I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's uh, at this beautiful uh, white uh, round building, and all the windows in the building are prisms. So as the light shines through, the space is filled with uh, rainbows. And beyond that, the the sound in in the space is just so beautiful and um, shimmery, and just the acoustic quality was was so um, remarkable. And we went up uh, to go test the location and. Like oh this is this is perfect. Um, you know she just opened her mouth for like ten seconds and I was like 
and started singing and it's like this is gonna be amazing so you know it's a very visually beautiful place so we definitely needed to have people filming the record the live recording um so beyond being able to um rent out the space and go record for a day with this amazing audio crew we were able to uh, get two amazing filmmakers um uh charles austin ross and amy west who are also safwad graduates um who both worked um as a producer and director, respectively, on the Grey Gardens music video Brocade that we released over the summer last year. Um, we got them on the project, and it was just this fantastic full day of recording. We got up there at like five in the morning and set up all of the mics and started taking B-roll of the beautiful sunrise up in Las Vegas, New Mexico. And it was really that moment where, um, I don't know, it just felt so unbelievably humbling and exciting to be able to uh, help bring all these creative people together to make an album that is, you know, so beautiful and um, and unique and part of this Santa Fe um, scene because Caitlin Brothers is so involved here and and to kind of create this other aspect to recording, which was to also make a short film of the whole thing. And, and, and we have a lot of really exciting, exciting, unique merch ideas revolving around the um, uh, corresponding film and, and audio. So if, if you're not excited about that, wait for that. It'll be in May. Um, Poacher Poacher. I can't. I'm trying to think, like, what are they going to do for merch? What are they going to do this time? Oh, you'll see. It's actually, I'm not asking you to you'll reveal see, it, but, but I think it may I be the coolest, craftiest, most out there thing that you've seen yet. And I'm pretty freaking excited about it. So we've been kind of working, um, working secretively away at that project and very excited to release that. Um, also going to be working with um, some other projects. Um, other local projects, uh, talking with a band I'm very excited about, um, but won't reveal yet, in Albuquerque, um, and another solo artist down there. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff brewing for, for 2017. Um, but maybe on that note, we can play a song from the Sirens Slow Proteo um, EP that we released in December. It's called Mountain.
That was Mountain off of Mountain Music, the new split by Sirens and Slow Proteo, uh, which was released on Matron Records uh, in December of last year. All right, awesome. Beautiful music. Uh, let's, let's talk about you as an artist, as a, more specifically as a musician and a songwriter and a band member. Um, Future Scars, that's, that's your... Yeah, it's my pow- your power. My main my main project of late um, with my lifelong besties uh, Ben Durfee on drums and Gunnar Lyon on bass. Uh, we, Two wonderful people. Oh, they're the best. They both won in the silly SFR, uh, the reporter. Um, different things for like being I think Ben nicest musician and Gunnar some other thing about being nice. So yeah, they're both very nice They're nice people. guys. <laughs> they're nice guys. I'm lucky. I've had the pleasure of working with both of them. Oh, at the draft station. At the draft station and at El Piato. Oh, that's true. Uh, in so high I've school. worked with those guys a lot over the years. That's so funny. Yeah, so it's it's, it's cool. Yeah, cool they're watching them and you were all work together. It's it's something really special to um, grow up with people. I mean, I've known them since um, probably about middle school, and to just have that kind of, I guess it's it's a musical marriage, so to speak. I always joke about it. It seems like you know, band relationships are are you know oftentimes trickier than romantic relationships. There's more people involved, but uh, they're no less important, or you know, your life kind of ends up centering around them, and and that is very much true for the three of us in terms of, um, you know, our work together and as and we previously, and then and then when that dissolved, choosing to keep playing music together and in in a different way with future scars, uh, we all just very much anticipate <laughs> what each other is, is going to do at any moment in terms of playing music, and it's a relationship that um, I could never could never replace it with 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 anyone else. There's always different relationships, but they are definitely my my musical soulmates for sure. And you need to hold on to those, you know. As a, someone who's been in a lot of bands over the years, there's it's hard to find the right people to really make it work. Yeah. Especially for long periods and have mutual goals. There's in the bands I've always been in. There's always someone there who, um, you know. wants to do like likes the idea of the band but then like you know like we talk about the diy work it's not not so appealing right for for a lot of people so it's great to have someone or some several people who are as committed or or at least fill their roles exactly like not necessarily like maybe they're not all starting record labels and stuff but they're when you need them you can rely on them and they're going to be there for what you need them for and that's that's all i ever really asked for even like I'll do this, I'll do this, I'll do this. Just show up, bring your stuff, right? Be ready to play, right. and we're good. Right. <laughs> and so that's that's pretty cool. And and um, something that impressed me actually is when, as in we stopped, Future Scars was able to come in and kind of carry the momentum. Right. Which is rare when a when a band falls apart. It's like a year long setback. Sure, right. something comes together, but so I feel like at least where where I'm sitting and what I've heard about you guys and seen your the momentum never really stopped. Yeah, I mean I think for us the the tricky thing about dissolving the previous band, you know, it was our life and um when you have 
a you know a band that that everything that you do every waking moment it comes back to like how is this helping us as a band and as musicians and as artists and how are we supporting each other within this entity and it dissolves well that that need to still be there for each other doesn't go away that need to create together so there was a good long period where the three of us didn't really know what we wanted to do and weren't necessarily intending to create a new band but just kept jamming together the whole time because you know we um like I said, have this really special musical relationship. And I think the EP that we released um, before There Was Fear um, in November, uh, it, it's a good start for what we're wanting to do in terms of, you know, it came out of an interesting place of trying to find our voice that was going to be very different as a three-piece. I mean, a big factor was I started singing. Um, a big factor was only having one guitarist instead of two. Uh, there were certain ways in which we needed to write to accommodate that um, kind of lack of sound at times. And uh, I think on this EP, we just kind of tried a lot of different things out. And we wrote some material I'm super proud of, um, but I am excited that you know we're going back actually to Interlace Audio up in Portland, Oregon. Um, this summer to go record again with Stefan Hawks, which I'm super excited. And we've written a full album of new material and it's probably, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the most proud of it, of anything I've written, I think up to this date. I think it's a really, it's that, I don't know if you ever reached that moment where you feel like you have finally funneled all of your influences together into like one concise sound. Um, as someone that plays so many different kinds of music, um, and especially with As and We being so experimental and sometimes very soft and sweeping and sometimes very heavy and, and always under this kind of experimental instrumental um, umbrella, um, kind of trying to hone in our songwriting, write shorter songs, write songs that are more to the point. Um, but I think with this album, um, I'm just so excited about it. So that'll be that'll be an exciting process that, you know, probably won't hear it till 2018 but it'll it'll happen that's okay it takes time yeah albums don't just happen not at all <laughs> i would know uh <laughs> like i i can't even begin to describe like if we were to sit here and talk about like step by step creating an album as a diy artist like the episode would be like on, 10 hours on, long like there it just it never ends no, no matter what you know so well and the thing i think even DIY artists fail to see sometimes, in, uh, similarly to some of the stuff we were talking about before uh, with the business end of things, is that it's easy to forget everything that happens after music is recorded, which is, again, something I'm really trying to focus on with artists that, you know, work with a lot of artists, myself included, who come from that DIY background, and it's all about, you know, planning out when to get into the studio, getting, you know, your record pressed or, you know, your CDs made or your DIY merch made, you know, printing your shirts, lining up some release shows. But really, I feel like sometimes the bulk of the work actually happens once you have your master in hand, you have all of your merch in hand, and then it's the promotional work that happens. So say with Grey Gardens, I finally was able to take the time that I'd always wanted to do that side of it, which was, you know, we had our master done in December, uh, January, uh, and we didn't release it till September, which really was actually maybe less time than I wanted uh, to do everything, but it allowed us to release these singles, to create music videos, to plan, um, you know, our release show for 
uh, six months and really put the work in that made each each show like such a huge success and each production such a huge success because we never felt rushed. We had all the time in the world to, to make everything happen. So that's something that has been tricky to say the least to work with new artists that are so used to just bam it's done I'm just putting it up online and I'm sharing the link on Facebook and it's like oh like no patience no you need to like you know uh trickle those breadcrumbs out and lead people to your music I want everyone to know right which is true and oftentimes as an artist you know like say we're we're writing this music I'm super happy about it it's probably not going to come out to 2018 we'll see you know how excited I am about it uh the music itself in 2018 if but, it feels right. Yeah, I mean, it, and it's like, you know, but no one else has heard it. So that's what you, I, I would always try to, uh, <laughs> some wisdom to impart upon other artists is no one has been hearing the songs like you have. So no one is sick of them like you can often become. <laughs> so remember that and don't sell yourself short that you can tease it out. You can draw it out. Like time is your friend oftentimes. Um, you know, there's such a thing as too much time. But if you're promoting yourself and giving people these teasers, you know, posting whatever pictures behind the scenes, you getting ready to make the merch on Instagram, all of this stuff, um, that's an equally important step to just generate that excitement so that when you do release it, you have the the um, support and the response that you deserve for all the work that you put into just up until recording as well. So that's that's something that I think DIY artists forget sometimes for sure. Yeah, I, you know it's funny. A lot of a lot of people that I work with, they'll they'll book their CD release date before we're even done recording the album. And, book, oh, and I'm, I'm no, like, no, no. whoa, that's pressure. I don't want on myself right. personally as an engineer. And also, what if you're CDs don't come in the mail on time or right. you know and then you have a show you look right. like really bad so right. don't do that get your CD in hand then book your yeah your exactly party, you well know. I think there's just that and you're right just that excitement to put things out but people forget sometimes that you already have a lot of stuff that you can be you know teasing out there in, in a promotional way uh, to just generate that excitement and once you have the cd like you you don't have anything to worry about like in terms of if you have the physical product and everything's there like then you can work on sending out press releases you can try to get some coverage on music blogs um maybe try to get the album streamed on a blog that you like um as an exclusive stream ahead of time all these things that will generate excitement for the final release that if you don't do that you know you might actually feel kind of downtrodden when the release comes and there's not the same excitement generated around it as as you were anticipating because you've been obsessed about it <laughs> when no one else knows what you're doing so letting people know that that's that's an not only an important part but that you shouldn't feel ashamed about promoting yourself and and that that is an, an important part of being dedicated to to your craft yeah I, I made that mistake in 2012 on my first solo after my my rap band kind of dissolved mm-hmm. actually it was still it was still going on at that time but um i was also working on this solo hip-hop album okay and it it i did everything like it was my dream album as far like i engineered it i pulled in the artists and recorded we rented a bigger studio and i got the big drum sound like dj got djs did all the graphics you know i don't even have to say all this stuff i did it all myself i mean besides the other artists that helped i don't want to say it like that there were other artists who played on there but i was the the mastermind making right, it happen right. and uh it came out and it didn't really get 
like get much attention. I got a couple interviews, streamed a few songs, you know, a couple of the things you were saying, uh, had a release party. It was fine, but but I kind of had this empty feeling afterwards and kind of, kind of, I wouldn't say, yeah, I was a little bit angry actually. Like right. I put all of that work into right, this right. and it really didn't get me anywhere. Um, at the same time, I did leave the country for six months right okay. after the release. Okay. So, so there was that, but it was also, I was like kind of, kind of put me off from right. really working on new, new projects for, for a good month, uh, or a good year. Um, I oh, never well. stopped making music, but it right. was, I wasn't trying to make my next album anymore. Right. I was kind of evaluating what to do next and, and what's the, what's the point? All these negative right, thoughts, right. but, but it's, you nailed it. It's, you know, you have to do that work in order to make right. it worth it so. and because it's not like the act of making music or these things that feel more tangible like booking that show um uh, your release show what have you i think sometimes it does feel less tangible or maybe if you're not the one engaged i mean i know even even after all this time and all these projects even talking with you know ben and gunner about the future scars release and you know oh like we'll record in in the summer that's probably the soonest we'll be ready and then you know, them talking about, well, then we'll release it in the fall. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, no. Like, the earliest would be maybe in the spring of 2018. Um, and, you know, that's mind-boggling to them because they're like, but that's a year and a half from now. I'm like, well, then if we want to do that, then we need to be recording in May or something, you know, um, which still isn't a ton of time. And, and it's, it is hard to see the value in it um, when when so much of that work can be invisible because you're really just waiting for, for people to, I mean, it still amazes me to this day, even just promoting Matron Records, um, you know, taking the time to say, do the social media thing or just be putting, you know, myself out there, going to the shows that the artists um, on the label are playing and have my little distro box out, engage, talk to people, put my newsletter out once a month, uh, have people sign up on the newsletter and be at every show, go to every show that I can and talk about it. Um, sometimes it seems kind of, like, maybe it's not doing anything until, you know, a couple months in, people are like, God, I've been seeing everything, you're everywhere, and it doesn't feel that way when it's just you. It's a culmination and of It's things. a culmination. You, you know, people are like, oh, I saw this on Instagram, and then I saw your poster hanging up at this place, and then I saw someone else flyering for you at this other show, and then, oh, I liked the newsletter, and you hit it from so many different angles that by the time you have a good release, you know, people have been hearing about it, talking about it, getting excited about it, and... It's the hype then you don't have to be let down. So the more time you can spend doing that, the better, for sure. Well, that's like the argument I've had, especially we're in the digital age now where printed flyers for shows aren't what they were for us when we were doing it back right. in the day. That was pretty much your only way of promoting your right. show. You go to the local bulletin boards that were up everywhere, right. and you go to the skate park, and you go exactly. to the warehouse shows, and you talk to people. And, and a lot of people tell me now, and I, I'm kind of on both sides of it, where, where it's kind of obsolete, but at the same and and then people will say, oh, well, you just gave out 100 flyers and two of those people came to your show tonight. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, but 100 people saw my name in print and it does something, when you know, it, it makes it legit to you or, or not necessarily printed, but like you've seen it. So you'll see another flyer next week and then maybe right. another flyer and another flyer. And maybe you don't go to any of those shows, but all of a sudden, you know about that right so the trickle down may be be later um it might not be for that show but a couple shows down the line and likewise i would always argue that as much as 
you know, the digital space, the online space has taken over our lives and how we interact and how we do business um, and how we promote ourselves, still person-to-person -person engagement will always win. And so it, it can be easy to forget how to even flyer because you know, more important than handing that flyer out with your, the name of your, your band, your project on it is looking someone in the eye and being like, hey, this is my name. And what, you know, who are you? What's your name? What do you do? And, and having a conversation with people. Um, sometimes you don't want to do it. And I think about it sometimes like cliff jumping, like once you just dive into a crowd and just start talking to people, you know, it gets easier. Um, but you can kind of not want to do it every day. But it's so much more impactful. And yeah, maybe not all those people will go to the show. But I will tell you that I feel that I reach way more people that way with just engaging on a personal level. And part of it is also with the email list. You know, most of my email signups are not through the website, though I do get a fair amount that way. But it's having the email list at every single show and not just assuming people are going to sign up. But every time someone kind of walks by and eyes your merch, give them the free matchbook and say like, hey, like, yeah, I play in that band. And it, it would be awesome, actually, if you signed up for this newsletter. We talk about our upcoming shows and what's your name. And, you know, then they're, then they're engaged and they're excited and they're, they're part of your community. Whereas if you just stick to just setting some flyers on a table or just doing the bulletin boards or uh, likewise just throwing it up on Instagram or Facebook, like that's not showing people that, that they're part of your community and you're part of theirs. So Somewhat insincere. Yeah. It doesn't have to be, but... If that's all you're doing. Exactly. I can see that. And if people are going to your shows and and listening to the energy that you put out, like the least you can do is show up and, and listen to them talk about themselves, ask them some questions about themselves, get to know the people who may or may not be coming to your shows and then who are in your community. And those are the people who are going to be liking your posts too, exactly. actually. So exactly. It does feed. There's more follow through way. on that side. but. Well, I'm having a great time talking to you, but I think we need to play some more music. That sounds great. I think um, I'd love to play uh, the title track off the EP, Before There Was Fear, by Future Scars. Yeah, and uh, I think we're just going to close it out with this, aren't we? All right, we? that or... sounds good. But thank you so much for having me. It's been really great to talk about uh, all things music and DIY and Santa Fe. Yeah, a lot of history that you've been a part of in this town, musically, Likewise. and your part of the bedrock that, that gives us uh, something to be so proud of with our scene. You know, oh, we're really you. building it. People complain and rag on our scene. I'm well, sure we got, we've done it too over the years. But some amazing talent but here. There's some good stuff. Um, so thank you. It was a huge honor to have you. Um, yeah, thank you. Been trying to get you in here for a while. So I know. No, it's great yeah. to finally be back in here 10 years later. I know, right? <laughs> Decade of trying. No. All right, cool. Well, thank you. Here's the song. See you later.